Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Rusty Junk, where we look at the 1988 comedy, The Great Outdoors, with John Candy, Dan Aykroyd, Annette Benning, and others. Here's the trailer. This is Chet. You remember me, Chet Ripley? How you doing? This is his family. You can run around here naked as a bear and not worry about running into anybody. This is Roman. What a gas. This is his family. I'm waiting for the heads to rotate around and vomit pea soup. They're about to spend one week together in the great outdoors. We weren't invited. Ah, they'll be tickled to death to see us. Who invited him anyway? But this is no holiday. The man is an ass! This is war. know a good time if it fell out of the sky landed on your face and started to wiggle are you gonna argue or are you gonna enjoy yourself dan Aykroyd, john candy the great outdoors outdoor fun for the whole family that had to hurt the trailer the great outdoors what did you think of the trailer who me hey, well, anybody oh i was just going well before i say that what you think of the trailer here is our daughter our lovely daughter amy who's joining us <laughs> the first time on camera not the hey. first time on the podcast well, you've got quite a few under your belt now because you've done ferris bueller Panther, which is not a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Absolutely right. No, it's not, well, not for kids. Uh, it's both. It's it's neither. Um, you've done the Three Amigos, and you've also done Mannequin. So this is your fifth one. Mm. You might be taken over from Mum at this rate, or me, <laughs> or me. I don't know. Or do know. She might give a better review than me. To be honest. Yeah. In fact, yeah. Let's watch Back to School sometime and let's see see how what we give it. Uh, um maybe what, do not. Th- what do you think of the trailer? Does it does it make it look like some wacky madcap style film? Yeah, it's got like a lot of the best bits of the film in the trailer. Right. And you'd need and well, you'd need that because I mean a film with John Candy and, and Dan Aykroyd kind of sells itself. You know, Dan Aykroyd, when we get to roll call, he's been he's been pretty important in the eighties. Um it's been well. It's been pretty important throughout his whole career, but um, the eighties is Dan Aykroyd's time. Um, so, what are the scores? And considering you are the guest, Amy, the very welcome guest, you can go first. What would you give it out of ten, and and why? I haven't really thought about this too much, but. Um, we need to. It's quite important. Yeah, this this the scoring bit's important. Yeah. Um, me personally, seeing the ratings at first, the critics gave it forty percent, and the viewers gave it seventy percent. I I I kind of thought I was sort of an eight out of ten. Eight, eight out of ten. That's yeah. A strong score. That's wow. Okay. I, I really liked it. Oh. Do you know what, sweetheart? I love the fact that you've done. I love the fact that you liked it because there's so many different films I wanted to put forward. And I thought, what what are you going to like? And unfortunately, the the house benchmark is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I haven't got another Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But I'll try and get something that this film is not Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But I kind of hope you like it. So yay, yay! I, I actually stopped writing notes. Because I was would... so engrossed in the movie. <laughs> Excellent. Oh. Well, that's a strong endorsement. So, yeah. Nice. Oh, brilliant. Right. Well, on, on that optimistic note, over to Amanda. <laughs> Six and a half. Six and a half. 
Wait a minute, you enjoyed it better than back to school? That's with the guy that I didn't think Rock could Danger Field, well. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to tame your shrew. Oh, God, don't. Yeah, all right, okay, well. Yeah, six and a half. Six and a half, wow. Um, I, I, I'm, well, I'm equally six and a half. Yeah. Uh, that's what that's what I had in mind, so... Okay. Yeah, we're all we're all near enough on the same sort of page. Mm. Excellent. Oh, wow. Well, let's take that stream of positivity before we get into the film and let's do roll call. Because I think you're gonna really enjoy roll call. And I did ask you a question at the start of the film about a, a, the person who owns the uh, the lodges and, and where he was from. And a spoiler alert, you didn't get it. But we'll get to him on roll call. Should we do roll call then? Yes. Yay. Here's roll call. Well, where where do you start? Let's start with John Candy, because we know that John Candy's great. I love John Candy. I miss John Candy. I the things he would have done if he did if he did live past 1994, who knows what he would have done. But he's just to me, he's lovable. He's, he's any role that he does is just great. Um, but um, Amy, what would you what you you as soon as you as soon as you saw him, who did you say? Um, Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck. That's right. And you got Home Alone. Absolutely. And what's Polka? polka. Yeah, the Polka, the Polka King of. Uh, of the southwest, <laughs> brilliant. Any more? Any more for John Candy? No, that's fine. Two, two is two will do. Okay. Well, you've got um, planes, trains, and automobiles, um, which, as we know, is just a great film. It's just wonderful. Um, you know, he's also in films uh, such as you know, Who's Harry Crumb, Delirious. Delirious is a is a film that we didn't talk about on. Um, Planes, trains, and automobiles. He's a writer, and whatever he writes comes true. So he writes himself into a fictional town and where everything's all happy and stuff like this, and then you know something goes wrong, and it's really funny. So I would say check out that if you're John Candy fan. But yeah, um, uh, and Summer Rental, uh, Summer Rental could be a double bill with this film quite easily. Um, so maybe maybe watch that when the when the weather's twenty nine degrees outside. <laughs> and uh, and we want some uh, summary type of film. Okay, we're going to go into a little impromptu bit for this next one, and we are going to go back to Little Does She Know. Oh, good Lord. Um, and it's not Little Do They Know, because I'm not sure Amy's seen any films with Dan Aykroyd in. So you're on your own. Dan Aykroyd. Three films, go. What? Ghostbusters. Yeah. Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> you always try this. <laughs> no. The Blues Brothers. Yes. <clears throat> I don't think I know anymore. Uh, Eddie Murphy. Film with no, Eddie Murphy. Eddie. Mm. Trading Places. No. No, Trading Places. Okay. Uh, well, we've got the Blues Brothers, Trading Places, Ghostbusters, as you said. So, yes, you get the, you sort of get the points. Um <laughs> He was just before that, just after Blues Brothers, but before Ghostbusters, he started in a film called Neighbours with John Belushi. So it was designed to capitalise on the fact that they had such screen presence. But John Belushi in the film plays a sort of very conservative, spectacle-wearing, you know, meat and two veg for tea and all this sort of thing. And Dan Aykroyd moves in next door with his wife. I love... I love neighbors and nobody nobody knows anything about it it's one of the most bizarre films you'll ever see so that i'm definitely recommending but if we go back to dan Aykroyd, dragnet spies like us um my girl with macaulay culkin he was in that he's brilliant in that that might be one to watch amy i see your little face there light up <laughs> home alone kid <laughs> yeah home alone kid uh he's also in sneakers um I think one of his best performances was actually uh, in Gross Point Blank with John Cusack, which I just thought that's incredible. Um, 
And he also plays the same character he played in Ghostbusters 1 and 2 in the upcoming Ghostbusters Afterlife film. So they're all back. The gang are back for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Okay. Which looks very much like Stranger Things. Uh, Annette Benning. Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Oh, Amy, have you got one? Oh, I, th- I, d- I can't remember. Was it Marvel? Yeah, Captain Marvel. That's right. Absolutely. So, Doctor yeah. Wendy, Doctor Wendy Lawson. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you there you go. It, I have watched Captain Marvel. See, this is why you're going to. This is why you might you might end up replacing both of us on this one, right? Because over to Mum. Name any other film with Annette Benning in. Dun dun dun. I need to play some music in the background. Right, okay, so Amy's beaten you. Yeah. <laughs> Amy's beaten you on Annette Benning. Right, well. I didn't okay. even know who she was. I feel I'm getting replaced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Annette Benning, this was her first movie. Um, she'd done a bit of TV work before, but this was the first movie she actually, actually starred in. She went on to star in... Bugsy with Warren Beatty, where they met on set, married. Uh, the Grifters, uh, she's in American Beauty with Kevin Spacey. Um, great film. She plays a very neurotic character, but very watchable. She's absolutely fantastic. Um, I genuinely, because I'm a sappy old romantic at heart, I love her in The American President with Michael Douglas. I just think that's a beautiful, uh, everyone in that has beautiful performances. So that was good. Um, then we have the Gordon sisters who don't say anything, the twins until the end, until the end. And they actually say, they actually say something and they were the sisters out of Mosquito Coast. That's right. Yeah. Um, they didn't start anything else. That's it. So we've done, we've done all the Gordon, Gordon sisters filmography. We've done it. (laughs) Yay. Um, Robert Prosky who owned the um, the lodges Amy I only I only told you the answer about an hour and a half ago uh, he oh, was the, the guy who's interviewing Mrs Outfire that's right I interviewed Robin Williams and he's dating between the two but with you know not being <laughs> Mrs Doubtfire on the other table um He's been in loads of other things, but I mean, that's just to keep it short for this one. Uh, he's also in Gremlins 2. Um, and then we have, I don't know how to say it. Well, do you know what? I have said it before and I'll I'll continue to say it. I had many crushes in the 80s and Cammy was definitely one of them. Um, I that. Yeah. Right. She looks like a girl that I dated once. I took her to she see Lethal Weapon 2. Hmm? She's got like a really old face on her. No, I think she looks like a six-year-old. Okay, so we've got one extreme, a six-year-old, and the other extreme, she looks like an old lady. She's got like a real kind of mum hairstyle. Yeah, and she's she's got got like really baby teeth. Yeah. She's got an 80s hairstyle. That's, you know. Anyway, um, she didn't do an awful lot. Um, She was in uh, Little Nikita with River Phoenix. Um. But yeah, definite, definite um, teenager child's crush. Yeah, why not? I don't think you need to hear that, Amy. Oh, my God. I'm sure Amy has crushes. Not really. Should we start mentioning your crushes at school? Should we start doing that? Ah, look at that face. For those that are on audio, you really need to check out YouTube so you've just seen that face. (laughs) That's like, Dad, if you go there, it'll be a world of pain. Just letting you know. Please don't. Okay. All right. Cool. Moving on. Anyway, yeah. let's move on. Let's move on to the film. I, 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 I'm loving this. I'm loving two six and a halves and an eight. Whereas, if I had to guess your score, Amy, you would have given it a six. I was a bit generous, actually. Okay. Yeah, but let, no, no. Keep, keep being generous. It's fine. And I would have put you at a four, man. Me, a four. Yeah. Yeah. I think you. I think you would have gone. John Candy's carrying it, but I. I found Dan Aykroyd's character really annoying. 
No, I found Annette Benning really annoying. Oh, okay. She had a really annoying laugh. Well, that was her first film. I mean, give it cut some slack. <laughs> yeah. All she did for like a third of the film is her annoying laugh. Well, well, I'll describe a little bit of the film, and then we can talk about the things that things that we that we liked. The film okay. starts with John Candy's family going on holiday. They're all singing uh, "Yakety Yak" by the Coasters. Uh, they're all seem to having a great time. Um, they're introducing you to this family that's really getting on. That genuinely all seem to get on with each other. But um, like, um, oh God, the one where they sing uh, the seal song. What's it called? A kiss from a rose on vacation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no one sings with him today. Or, uh, or with with the Millers. The fake family, where he, he goes into the rapping um, uh, waterfalls by TLC. Oh, love that, love that. Um, so yes, yeah, so they're going. They're going on a holiday. Have it's a we hol- got a song? Sorry to interrupt your flow. Oh yeah, go on then. Have we got a song? Have we got a song that we sing? We, we used to have one. We used to have "Life's a Happy Song." We sang yes. that for years on holiday. We sang that for years. We haven't done that for a while. No. No. Um, yeah, I think we've got songs. Life's a bit of fish. Anyway, yes, definitely watch the Muppets. Um, Love that film. It is, it's great. So, family gets there, gets to the lodge. Um, they, they they turn up. Uh, he, he John Candy loves this place because he used to come with his dad. Um, has fond memories. It's very very. With John Candy, you don't get somebody that's fractious you don't get somebody that's got problems you just think he wherever he plays it's a pretty much a sort of lovely existence he has and the people around him react accordingly and i think that's throughout all of his films by jfk but you know he was he was only playing a cameo in that he was only in there for about two three minutes um yeah uh, what you also see is the counter one is the mercedes thundering along the road you don't know who's in that but spoiler alert it's his sister um, and Dan Aykroyd, um, and they're going to surprise them by coming to visit them because uh, Dan Aykroyd uh, uh, wants to sell him, basically wants to con him out of as much money as he possibly can. Um, you don't know that at this time, but it's probably a good idea to put the intention. It wasn't just a, a pleasant trip to come down and and do that. So, So what did you think of the start of the film then? How did you think it opened? Do you think it was? Uh... I thought it was all right. Yeah. Yeah. It looked, it set it up quite nicely. Um, yeah. Kids in the back. Um, yeah. And then like the kids go off when they've arrived. The kids go off down to the lake. And then John Candy and his, his wife are <laughs> fooling around, as we say. Um but the, the people that have, that have rented out the lodge before them, it hasn't been cleaned, so it stinks <laughs> of fish, <laughs> which is really horrible. It's just yeah. full of, like, traps and stuff. Anyway, they start getting a little fruity, should we say, and then um, uh, Dan Aykroyd comes in, so Roman, <coughs> with his uh, rather large video camera, you know, back yes. in the 80s, massive things they were, <laughs> uh, filming them creeping up on them and filming them you're like that's so wrong <laughs> in, in many levels um so yeah it's like oh we, we can sort of see the character that that Dan Aykroyd's playing it's it's quite a, a sort of one-upmanship kind yes. of character isn't he and he's he does things far better and it spares no expense on stuff and you know but yeah his daughter's a almost mute aren't they they don't yeah. say anything during the film and that he doesn't connect with them at all or yeah that that's a strange old uh relationship because they don't even talk to the mum either do they no it's weird and, and and you see this you see this very early he's overcompensating because he can't do anything with the family of his own so he tries to influence john can john candy's family mm. and he starts to go oh you know barbecue and, and John Candy's like, oh, I've got some hot dogs. Yeah. And he's going, no, no, no. People don't eat hot dogs on my on my watch. And so he grills lobster tails. 
And uh, I think you even said in the film, Amy, you noticed something about the, the barbecue. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't get this. This was actually one of the things I wrote down. Why is he grabbing the lobster tails from uh, from the barbecue with the tongs? So he's grabbing them with the tongs and yeah. then he, he grabs them with his hand as well. Yes. Find that really strange and annoying. They're not hot, basically. Yeah, it's very, it was very annoying. It doesn't make sense. In the, in the trivia time, which I fast forward, he goes, when grinning the lobsters, Roman's careful to use tongs and an oven glove to keep from burning his hand. When it comes to time for it, he just helps himself. So it's exactly what you just said. And it's like, don't think so. Don't think other people haven't picked up on that. So, good, good spot, Amy. You're like going. They must be blindedly hot. I mean, they're literally you just yeah. blis- blistered your hand. It's a, it's a, it's a really bad place to be. I know how hot it is as well. Yes. Well, I don't think you've got a frame of reference. I don't think you've ever. I don't think I've ever picked something up from the barbecue while it's been a scorching. Exactly, because it's too hot. But it, again, what you're seeing is he's making up for it. He brings lobster tails. He sits at the. They're all eating at the dinner table, and you know, John Candy has an idea of how this holiday should be because it's how his dad. His dad took him out on a little pontoon boat, you know, with with oars. His dad cooked him, you know, hot dogs. And now he's going to throw all the hot dogs away because they won't keep, which we find out from the raccoons. He has to throw them away. He also has to basically then compete with Roman going, you don't want to go in a little boat. You want to go in a jet boat. Who wants to go jet boat? And the kids go, yeah, we want to rent a jet boat. And you're like, I understand somebody coming in and surprising you, even if he's got an ulterior motive, but, but don't be a dick and come in and start doing that because it's just undermining the holiday. I just chucked him out then and there. And gone out. <laughs> Sorry, we've got we've got a way of doing things. So it'd be a bit like somebody surprising us at Woolacombe and saying, "Right, we're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing that." You kind of go, "No, no, no, we, we we know what to do. It's fine. Thank you." So yeah, he then John Candy likes to tell a story, and he tells the story of the bald-headed killer bear of Clare County. I think that was before he uh, saw the jet ski. Oh, no, they, no, I was talking, they were having, just after oh. lunch, they were talking about the jet boats. Yeah, we'll get to that bit in a moment. <laughs> tell, tell me all about the bald-headed oh, killer bear of Clare County then, Amy. Um, I can't really remember all of it. Well, mum, mum will help you. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, to put this in perspective, we've just watched it. It's not like we've watched it a month ago and it's trying to recollect. Okay, well, I'll tell you about the killer bear then. They basically don't look out the window. Yeah. Uh, John Candy, when he was younger, uh, was staying there. Uh, He ended up, um, the bear came, it was ravenous, it let let out this thing, it had huge claws, and he's telling this story and everyone's getting progressively more and more frightened. (laughs) Pardon me. Um, and so yeah he ends up shooting the bear um, point blank and it rips a strip of hair off, off the top mm. of its head and so he then goes the bald headed but he scares them so much because he takes some like neat spirit and chucks it onto the fire and then the fire goes up and everyone's like chucking popcorn away because they're so frightened but yeah so you get to hear about the killer bear and you think I wonder if that's going to come in sometime yeah yeah Absolutely. Um, but just before we get to the bit of the water skis, where you're going to tell us all about the water skis, Amy, hopefully you remember that bit. But Roman goes up to the door and here's John Candy telling his kids, look, you know, it's just a story and all this sort of stuff. And this might be a truth, but don't worry about it. And then feels that he has to go and do the same thing to his kids to reassure them. But he ends up saying... <laughs> Oh, it's a bit like the story about the, the escaped, you know, psychiatric patients in the woods. And I'm kind of like, so no wonder the kids don't want to. <laughs> kids kids are sat bolt upright and they're like, okay, this is good. Um, anyway, he's, he's, he's trying to copy John Candy and he can't because he's, he's never had time for his kids. He can't just invent it and do it overnight. Um, anyway, cuts the next day. 
um, the son wants to go and cruise the town. <laughs> I'm like, well, you you go and cruise. Uh, meanwhile, John Candy is teaching his other son, his younger son, how to water ski. Over to you, Amy. What happened next? Um, so just, just before that, talking about the kids, I haven't seen the two girls blink in the movie. Right. I didn't see them blink apart from the bit at the end. Hmm. Okay. I, I I was just like, how how are they how are they not blinking? <laughs> that air of spookiness that they wanted yeah. to uh, get over. Yeah, I was just I got I kind of got really creeped out because oh, yeah, I can't even stare for that long. <laughs> so what happened with the water skis? Um, what was he doing at first? With so he was he had got the skis on. Um, John John Candy had the skis on. Yeah, and um, he was teaching his son actually how how to do it with the skis on right. so he was actually holding all the stuff that he needed to hold um and then they were like what what's he doing oh he's just he's just teaching his son um and then they're like oh i'm 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 fed up of waiting i'm just gonna go well, he's, he's, he's just this, isn't he? yeah he does a does a like oh, a thumbs well, up yeah for those that are listening to it oh, no, yeah. yeah. and um he says now, son, if you come into trouble, what do you do? And his son's there going, uh, mm. and so John Candy says, drop the rope, drop the rope. <laughs> if you get into trouble, drop the rope. Anyway, he's doing all this and waving, and they think he's doing a thumbs up and saying, yeah, let's go. So they're like, oh, oh, well, uh, Chet, Chet wants to go first. Oh, okay, well, let's just go. Anyway, they put it into full throttle. Don't know. Not, yeah. uh, and, it, and he literally, but almost like burns rubber <laughs> off the pontoon. There's like the scorch marks where the skis <laughs> come off and like, like hit the water. Like, all over the shop. Yeah. Then I think he kind of gets there. But obviously, you know what's going to happen. He's yes. not going to drop the rope, is he? And he's going to like end up in like scrapes and different things. People having to duck down because like the rope's going to like drop them otherwise. And It was good. Oh, that's so funny. Ends up going through the reeds and then finishes off going up through the ramp. Oh, oh, and, then, and then lands and then one of his skis falls off. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's something before that. Yeah, he's because... calling them a, a B. 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 A. It sounds a bit like mustard, but it begins with a B. Yeah. Um, they heard faster, and they uh, thought he said faster, so they go yeah. even faster. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is a good scene. It's uh, uh, body double wise. Um, yeah, pick somebody with like John Candy's legs. Suddenly they turn into you know, spindly, muscly legs, <laughs> and you're like, okay. But it wasn't as bad as uh, Schwarzenegger's uh, doubles in Commando. Wow, blimey. Um, uh, here's my criticism actually I, lo- I love the scene I mean I love any slapstick stuff with John Candy in but this scene the bat scene which we'll get to I think there are scenes in this film where it just goes on a little bit too long you're like mm-hmm. maybe it's a couple of minutes you could have shaved a couple of minutes off that yeah um, the, the next scene's the horse riding one isn't it well yeah um so yeah, you've got the the horse riding one. Um, they're, they're doing all these activities. Um, that doesn't go well because uh, the horse doesn't want to do anything. So John Kennedy ends up having to walk home without the horse, and then says, "Right, and okay." Then he's like, "Oh, well, I want to go home," and then he's like, "I got, yeah. I got a whole day of activities planned." And he's like, "Oh, I just yeah. need to rest. I'm going yeah. home. Going back for a nap." <laughs> yeah, but he does actually. He gets back home and then says he wants to leave. And his wife's yeah. like, well, look, yeah. just forget about Rome. Just focus on your kids. Just focus on the family holiday. Yeah. No, don't don't worry about it. Um, now, here's a, here's a weird bit. The scene after that. So the guy that owns the lodge brings the, the two kids back. It's like a sort of, here's what's going to happen in the final scene of the film, Claxon. Yeah, it was really random, wasn't it? But it was the way it was filmed. It suddenly, it felt like... You know, everybody loves Raymond. It, that that scene 
didn't look like a film. It looked like a sitcom. And I was kind of yeah. like, you just add the that set in. production, it didn't, it's yeah. almost as if they had to create the scene again, just to kind of give it some context at the end. Yeah. So they filmed it all and went, oh, wait a minute, we can't just have the mine. Right. Can you all get back together and just film this one scene? Mm. Yeah. And then he there, left. Was a, there was a couple of moments like that, though. Yes, yes, there were. I think they used the same thing for when they had to stand outside with with the bats, with the bat flying around. Yeah, I think it was the same set. Yeah, something like that. Mm. Um, from there, um, so you got that bit which sets things up. Um, you've then got they they go to a bar, whose whose star attraction is a hundred nine year old man. He's the <laughs> oldest man in Canada. And they're all sitting there taking a picture. John Candy's going, come on, kids, just get in and give him a kiss on the side. Yeah, give him a kiss like this. And then, so Robert Prosky, the guy that owns the the lodges, goes, "Um, yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. No, 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 it's great. Everyone, come on, all get in. Get in the shot. Because, no, he died on the way here. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, he's got his sunglasses on. And I thought, wait a minute, I know where this film's going. It's Bernie. weekend at Bernie's. Mm. Yeah, it's Bernie. <laughs> I think. Do you know? Do you think Amy's ready for weekend at Bernie's? I don't know. I've not seen it. Oh, not fully. I've seen clips and stuff. It's the usual oh. thing, isn't it? I think That's... I've seen a bit of the film, but not all of it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've, I've forgotten who who gave it the review. It's dead guy getting hit in the nuts repeatedly. What's not to like? And it's like, yeah, pretty much. It's great. <laughs> Um, anyway, so they do that. Um, then it cuts to the pool uh, hall, um, and rather inappropriately, um, playing on the next table is Cammy, as we'll know to, to call her, the love interest for for his son. Um, and he slips a pool cube beneath her between her legs. Not intentionally. Not intentionally, no. So they're both what, back to back taking a pool shot, and his what, cue goes between her legs. Yes. It's it's not one of those eighties eighties moments where you go, oh, that that would be bad, um, but yeah, it's just something that happens. And um, yeah, while they're at the pool hall, John Candy's at the bear dump, so they go to watch the bear dump, uh, presumably where cars pull up just to see bears chomp on rubbish, which is awful. Which is odd to say the least. What's even odder is that he brings chocolate bars to this to then throw at the bears and then say oh and i've got two more here and puts them on the roof of his car and then wonders why they're on the roof of his car and the weird thing is he doesn't even take them out of the wrapper no you expect the bears to like you know they're they're not the the easiest things to open with normal fingers does he expect the bears to to sort of with their paws trying to open the Yeah, well, they, they'd get with a, with one claw, they'd hold it, and the other claw, they'd just do that to the wrapper. Would they? they I think the bears I know how I to open. I think teeth have been I, I don't. I don't think bears would know how to open such a thing. Oh, I think bears are cleverer than you, than you think. I think, I'm holding the microphone here, but I think, right, the bear would grab the the... The thing between its hands, like say that was the the chocolate bar, and then they'd go ah, like that. <laughs> right, okay. You definitely Let's have to tune in on YouTube. If you if you're listening on audio, just just fast forward. I don't mind. <laughs> fast forward to the bit where Amy gives me the look, and then fast forward to that bit about how Bear opens a chocolate bar. Right. <laughs> no, no, love it. This is why we do what we do. <laughs> How do you think about would open a chocolate bar? I just told you. Claw at the top and the, the, the claw runs down the seam. Chocolate oh, right, bar's okay. open. So Go it's going to prong it on a claw and then <laughs> use the other it. claw. It's not with nail and I. Not, right. Not fork it. Imagine, right, if it was dinosaurs and it was a T Rex. Dinosaurs! What was right. it even used it for? It wouldn't be able to do it, would he? Okay. It, it you... sort of open it slightly, but it wouldn't be able to. Put it to his mouth. Um, can I? Um, You'd have just to flip it in the air, and then like down. like that, wouldn't he? A couple of goons. Um, sorry, sorry to chuck realism into here, but chocolate bars and dinosaurs didn't exist at the same time. No, 
know, but if they did, like, no, but if they you know, did, well, I think that's how they'd eat. Well, if they did, work. then evolution would would find a way of a Tyrannosaurus Rex getting into a chocolate bar, but it never it never came up. Maybe so, that's why they're extinct. They never had oh, I tell you what. Well, let's make this a regular segment. <laughs> how how would a dinosaur eat a burger? You know, you're like right, crikey. Um, oh, we might do might just do that. You know, add a little bit into it. But here's the thing. The bear's climb, all he can do is drive off with the bear on the roof and the bear on the hood. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Here's my question. Where did the bears go? Presumably, they he either went round the corner too fast and they both went, whoa, straight off, or he had to stop at some point and the bears, the threat is still there. But you don't see anything. Do you remember seeing that thing? I think it was like in America. There was a bear up a tree. Oh, they shot the they, dart on they it. They shot the, the dart. Tranquilize so the dart. And then he fell on the trampoline. And then fell off. Bounced really high and then, like, went badunk from the floor. It fell on his head. Back on the trampoline. And you're like, geez, that poor bear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyway, drives off the bear. The great outdoors. That this place, this town that they're in, has a fair. It's a fair. It's, it's a big old place. It has its own oh, fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a bit like Skeggy, Skegness that we're going to. That's yeah. got a permanent fair. Well, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but then I don't think it's got bears though. <laughs> the, one, the one thing I, the one it's thing I think. Fair, fair. All right. <laughs> The one thing that I thought was a bit weird was the relationship between this son and Cammy. Um, because she went from brash the first time that they met, where she where she was a bit mean to him. Next thing, they're sat in a boat, and she's going, uh, he goes, I've never really had a girlfriend. And she, go, and she goes, so what would you call me? And he went, oh, girlfriend. Eyes, eyes light up. The next thing that she's saying to him is, um, you know, he meets her at work. And then she, the first thing that she says is, so when, when are you going to leave me then? Well, have three days. I know, but she turns from don't want anything to do with you to being the girlfriend to be, if you leave me, there'll be consequences. I know. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back off. She just, like, turned on him. Yeah. Maybe she's like, just, like, really hormonal. Because she's so old. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so they're bonded on the on the river boat uh for the kiss roman's on his own playing golf because he's he, he he doesn't want to do anything with his family it seems he just wants to you know i mean there are times but he's playing golf and all that does is set up a gag where a golf ball that he hits ends up hitting john candy on the oh. nose while he's go-karting with his kids yeah yeah that's it all right I don't have a I don't have a problem with little bits put in like that. I don't but, get a lot of but then I didn't well, see the But then they go for a beer afterwards, um, and they meet um the guy that's been hit by lightning. How many times? Sixty-six. No. Yeah. Six. And then they go, oh, six times. Wow. Okay, sixty sixty-six. Yes. Um, in the head. I don't think it was um, other people. Other people may disagree. I think some people could look at that and go, Ooh, you're not very respectful for people with stammers. I just thought it was funny. Uh, it's as simple as that. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Um, you know, I, I don't think they were degrading him at the end. He's the person that gets hit for the 67th time later on in the film. But I don't get it because it just. Why? Why? There is no purpose for it other than there is a lightning storm. So it's almost as if they've planted something in order for him to get hit by lightning, but it has no consequence in the film. But wouldn't you, know you think I mean? if you wouldn't you think if you were prone to hit by lightning, then you'd wear some sort of protection or move away or like from an the... anti-lightning hat? <laughs> no, like a moose hat. <laughs> That has like antenna on it and can absorb the electricity. Right. No, I've can't, got an alternative. Can't hear you, sweetheart. I've got an alternative. Don't you think if you've been hit by lightning sixty-six times, 
even if you've been hit by lightning once, the next time there's a thunderstorm, you'd want to go underground, surely, not yes. stay on the ground. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why was he out in yeah. the outdoors when he knew there was a lightning storm? Because the guy at the bar said, oh, he's a natural barometer. It's like, well, if he knew that the storm was coming, he would exactly. have taken cover. He wouldn't he go into the woods. In the woods, would he? No, absolutely not. It Absolutely measures atmospheric pressure. I did then, notice on, on, on this as well, a lot of people smoke in this film. Well, I haven't really noticed that. Oh, well, first time we meet Cammy, she's smoking, so that we know that she's a bit on the edge. Roman's smoking because he's the bad guy. But John Candy doesn't because he's John Candy, even though he does in Uncle Buck. But mm. um, Then we get to the, the bat scene. Can somebody can somebody describe to our lovely listeners what happens during the bat scene, which goes on for far too long? Oh, it does. Well, it's literally um, uh, Roman's wife that says, oh, it touched me, it touched me. <laughs> Obviously, insert gag, yes. uh, that she's come out of the bedroom. Um, he says, it's been touching you for 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good line, yeah. Um so yeah, um, it turns out it's a bat. It's come out the bedroom and it's flying around the the chalet place at uh, the lodge, and um, they've got to find a way of getting it out the lodge. Anyway, cut a long story short, the two guys dress up. <laughs> I thought it was quite funny. One of them's got a, a wicker bin on his head. <laughs> the other one's got like a scarf but also got like a full waterproof jacket with hood up and drawstrings tied with some glasses on. So you can't even see his face. That was great. Love that. Um, and then they've got bats and rackets and um, sweet bats paintbrushes, bats. Yeah. Um, uh, fishing nets. Um, one of them's wrapped in a sheet. I don't know why. Um and they, they go and try and swipe this bat. Obviously, it's not going to happen, is it? And they end up knocking stuff over because the lights have gone out. Yes. It just, but they end, up, they end up killing the bat. They do. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it was the first blow, and then he gets a small little fly, like, fly swatter. What? I'm thinking, what? if it's not dead, that's not going to do anything. No. Maybe thought... it's just... The only reason why they actually dress up like that is because one of the lines in there, when the other guys are outside, they say, um, bats have rabies. Oh, that'll be it then. That's why they dress up. Right. See? My little film sleuth. She's got it. She's got it for your job, sweetheart. Isn't she? I better be careful. Um, Anyway, the old, let's go to what they, uh, they go out for tea. Nice civilized tea, you think? Oh, this Except... is the this is the night where uh, the son has arranged to meet Cammy at eight o'clock, right. and he yes. says, "Oh, yeah, if I don't make, if I don't turn up, then you've got a, a valid reason never to speak to me again." And it's like, well, "Oh, I did pick, yeah, yeah, that's a good, yeah, anyway. I forgot that bit. That's a good bit because you're going in two days." Absolutely. So they want a civilized tea, but Roman uh, pushes John Candy into eating the old ninety sixer. Because if he does, uh, everyone is free. That's right. And what is the old 96 or Amy? Uh, what is it? It's yeah. a 96 pound steak. It is. <laughs> it is massive. It has its own place in the freezer. It is pride of place, surrounded by and, little and steaks. Then, and then they said, no, no one's ever finished it. <laughs> Yeah. They, the thing that's bugging me is if no one finished it, you know, if they eat for free, they don't just leave without finishing it. They they would still have to pay for it yeah, they if they don't finish it. it. Yeah. No, if you if you eat, every, it's and not then every, they'd be full. It's like nobody pays. Yeah, but if they no, don't, if finish, they don't it, finish it, everybody still has to pay. Yes. But that's but that's an interesting. Well, it's interesting in the sense of so. The the whole idea is that you attempt this. The old ninety six probably costs I don't know fifty quid, or something like that. 
So it's an expensive oh, yeah. challenge to do. And because nobody passes it, they end up getting more money because everyone still eats because they might think they might be getting it for free. Mm. It's good logic. But he ends up finishing it. But how? He ends up eating all the meat. And then... No, he's got the meat sweats and everything, hasn't he? Oh, he's all over the place. And finally, he puts the last bit of meat into his mouth. And he said, right, it's done. And Roman goes and talks to the owner. And the owner goes, it's everything on the plate. And Roman goes, well, it's just fat and gristle left on there. He goes, everything. Oh, he doesn't say anything. He's just like... Yeah, you look at that and think, we've seen enough man versus food to know what that... That, that that looks like. Um, but he does it. The next scene is they're walking out with he's got a t-shirt going on, and I, I beat the 96er. Um great. <laughs> he ate all Probably of that. Probably be famous for that now. Yeah. We didn't really do it. But then so obviously Cabby's waiting. You see Cabby give up, and so she's gone off and you know, won't speak to him for a while. Um weirdly. I think if I had 96 pounds worth of meat, I wouldn't be getting up at five o'clock the next morning to go fishing. I think I can pretty much guarantee that. Um, So, yeah, that was a bit odd because that seems like I just put a a, a gag in that Roman, uh, John Candy and his two sons all go out on a fishing boat early in the morning. They don't have bait. They have leeches. Um, and next thing you know, they're fishing with leeches. The boat drifts to the side. They've fallen asleep because it's probably because it's so early, and they wake up and they're just covered in leeches. Ugh. I don't know. That, that was a weird sight gag. Blood sucking leeches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. Anyway. After all of this, it blows up predictably, as you can expect between these two. The the, the fight is brewing and has been brewing for a while. Um, John Candy finally loses it with Roman. Uh, Roman says, like, you know, oh, th- I could have gone anywhere. I could have gone to the Dead Sea and it had been funnier than this and had a better time. Um, Thanks for ruining my vacation. Boom. John Candy's like, right, this is it. It's enough. Um, uh, Dan Aykroyd still needs to do a scam on John Candy. At this point, you don't know what the scam is. Uh, but he says he wanted, um, I wanted to bring you in on a guaranteed um, investment. Dead cert, definitely going to make you money. Um, and only $25,000 uh, to invest. And because he does a sob story, and because he turns it around when he's leaving and he's going, look, I still want to offer you this, despite the fact that you've been rude to me. Um, he manages to convince John Candy to give him uh, a down payment with the rest coming on the Monday. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, so what happens next? So Roman then drives off. What happens in the car? Anyone? No? Okay. We we literally have only just watched this. Okay. I know, sorry. I was right. more I was right. so, more on the fact that I was fiddling with stuff. Sorry. All right, okay. The laptop so, screen would have gone. Right. Don't fiddle with stuff. Yeah, stop um, fiddling. R- Roman's driving me. away. Annette Benning, uh, his wife, is telling him how great he is. Um, you know, this is probably his college money for his kids and all this sort of stuff and, and saying, you know, he doesn't have an awful lot of money and to bring yeah. him into something like this. Uh, and he said that he, you know, he trusts you now, which is a really good thing. Um, Roman slams on the brakes, says we need to go back. Uh, and he goes back and basically brings everyone in and reveals he's a fraud. He's penniless. He's bankrupt. He hasn't got any money. He was going to use this money and then just disappear just steal it off John Candy and, and never to be seen again. Um, because he's in such a rush to admit that he's a fraud, he leaves his daughters in the car, um, who then, instead of the daughters jumping out of the car and it's raining and it's light, you know, it's lightning. It's all, the lightning storm with all what's his off. name. Yeah. He's been hit by lightning and he's out. The 66er, the 67th, I know. 67th. Yeah. Um, and leaves the girl in the car. So he, he's explaining to everyone 
that he hasn't got any money. And meanwhile, nobody, he hasn't checked on his girls. His girls get out of the car, don't go into the house, but instead go run into the forest. I found that really, really bizarre, right? Yes. As the, I presume they're about seven years old, these twins. Yeah. No seven-year-old would enjoy being in a car in a storm with lightning going off. Yes. When they know everyone else is in the house. Surely you'd get out of the car and run in the house. You wouldn't get a, a, a torch, a flashlight, put your coat on and go wandering off down where they were before, down the mine area, would you? Right. No. It just wouldn't happen. It just absolutely buckled my mind. I was like, I don't understand why that that would... Yeah, and it, and, it, and it is... You're right. That's the, that's the best word to use for it. It is bizarre because then you have this this scene where the two girls fall down the mine shaft. Um, they, John Candy and Dan Aykroyd are out together looking for them. They, pardon me. Um, and then uh, John Candy says to Dan Aykroyd, you need to go down there. He goes, oh, I'm claustrophobic. Um, he ends up going down there. John Candy then goes for some rope, comes back. They've made it up there and walked off. And meanwhile, the bear that he shot all those years ago. Yeah. The bald-headed killer bear of Clare County. That's right. Is down there. And what ends up happening is you think, well, if you were writing a comedy scene here, it it pretty much has to be the bit in Naked Gun Two and a Half where Leslie Nielsen throws the throws the um the grappling hook. And it, it gets one of the dog's leads. And as he's pulling, oh, yeah. it goes like that. And in the end, you see them come up and they're face-to-face with each other because he realises he's got the dog on the other end. Um, this is exactly the same thing. John Candy is not pulling up the, the kids and Roman. He's pulling up the bear. So he's face-to-face with the bear again. Makes it back to the cabin. Panicked. Um, bear knocks down the, the door. Um it goes on for far too long, but the bear is out for revenge, you know, and you're like thinking it's, it's totally having a go at Dan Aykroyd. Uh, meanwhile, um, the owner comes in with the shotgun lamp that was noticed right at the start of the film. Did uh, you see him plug it in? Yes. Now what's that about? I don't know. I didn't, did the light have to be on for it to work? Because I don't. I think I know how shotguns work, and they don't need electricity. I just. I don't know. Unless it. Oh, I don't know. I don't. It. I'm not even going to attempt to guess. I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> so yeah. So the bear scene happens. The bear gets shot. It gets shot in the butt. And now it's it's it's. Bald on bear. Yeah. <laughs> bald in the butt. Bald on the head. Um, and we find out that the bear's name is Jody. The raccoons tell us that right at the end, the end scene. Um, yeah, and, and and that was the film. I just think, what have you got any before we go into trivia time? Have you got any other thoughts about the film? Is there any? What what did you did you did you like the the way it was all put together? Did you like the way that it was like portrayed these two families? Do you think they genuinely would have got on at the end when they when they made it back? Personally, I thought they wouldn't get along, but then if they just left, there wouldn't be a like a storyline to it. There wouldn't be like a a moment like of oh, I can't remember anticipation. Okay. Like to what's going to happen, it, it would just on, be doesn't it? supposedly because um unbeknown to john candy his wife has basically said yeah you can come and live with us for a bit yeah because he was puzzled as to why dan Aykroyd said yeah race Race you home home. yeah and he's like why would they do that why would they do that why would they do that gets him asked his wife and she said oh well you know (laughs) (laughs) i invited them to stay for a bit We've got the space. We've got the space, yeah. And he's like, <laughs> oh, they can't get home before us. They'll get the best parking spot. So I don't know what that was all about. 
to the races on to get home. Yeah, that's nice. No, I just think it's it's. I still think six and a half is about right. Mm. Uh, Amy, I can see why yours is a is an eight because it would have been an eight the first time. I I would have held this in, you know, high regard, um, and I would have given it an eight if I'd watched it in the eighties. Um, it's a film that I love to have on in the background. Um, just because I know what's coming and the little set pieces and you think it's great. It, I think it still holds up. Um, I'm listening to one of my favourite film podcasts and they're talking about, so you and I have had the problem with Roadhouse where we thought it was better than it was and yeah. then we watched it again. Um, I think a film that we've not covered but we've all seen and I still feel that I need to apologise for. I'm listening to them talk about it uh, on this film podcast, Willow. Do you remember Willow? That was awful. Right, oh, right. I okay, I, okay. I I, th- I apologised. I bought you gifts. I I did whatever I could to say sorry, but that really doesn't stand up at all. It and and the people that are doing the acting, yeah, the people on the podcast are saying the same thing. Going, how did we ever like this film? It's dreadful. Um, but I think there's uh, to put it out in context. This definitely isn't a film where I would go. I didn't like it. I'm going to bump mine up to seven because I think that's that's probably where it should should fit. Okay. I think so. But anyway, let's go to trivia time. Okay. Because it's, it's really hot today, isn't it? Well, I was just about to say, um, not that people would want to know, but I'm very, very sweaty. <laughs> Amy's right. feeling it. Well, it's, yeah. it's the hottest day of the year so far. Yes, it it's forecast as 30 and I think it's, higher than that okay. I have no fan in the kitchen the sun's coming round and uh, I haven't got any doors open because we didn't want any noise so let's do trivia time so that we can yeah, all breathe easily that's fine okay over to trivia time here we go <laughs> well let's let's start with the restaurant used in the movie was Ducey's Bar and Grill in Base Lake California where where, where this was all filmed um it burnt to the ground shortly after filming. Oh, God. Um, it had a gas fire. Um, so the rebuilt restaurant has posters and memorabilia from the great outdoors hanging on its walls, as well as a reminder of the old restaurant, which was built to the same specifications, which I thought was, thought, thought was nice. Hmm. Um, we can't not mention the fact that this has a John Hughes connotation. Um so this was the third and final film written by John Hughes and directed by Howard Dooch. Uh, the other two were Pretty in Pink and Some Kind of Wonderful Pretty in Pink. Oh, love, love it, love it. Oh, uh, the reason why I was going to say, that's just reminded me. James Spader alert, James Spader alert. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to so. see this. Yeah. I've got a James Spader colouring book. I was like, why yeah. did you order that? Look, look, wait. Oh, it's dad and his quirks. Right, you get to colour in, but I don't think you can see that. It, that's... I can see it very well. Okay. You can see the darker one. Yeah, well, the, the one I just held up is Steph from uh, Pretty Pink, and I'm like, amazing. And I will get to do something like that. Um, I can't see you colouring. No, I haven't started yet. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I don't think you will ever start. I will. I will. I need Amy's. Yeah, of course I will. Um, so the setting um, of this place is Lake Potomowoti Minimac. Easy for you to say. Potomowoti Minimac. Minimac. Oh, two, please. <laughs> it's a fictional place in Wisconsin, but yeah. Um, it was actually Base Lake in California. Um, Dennis Brender, a greensman on the movie, spread redwood bark for Bart the Bear to walk on and wired leaves on the trees so the setting would look like summer, not autumn. So it looked like it was summer rather than go for an autumn thing. That's a bit weird. Very weird. Uh, production shoot was for th- uh, ran for three weeks. Uh, was heavily panned by the critics and failed to make a profit at the box office. Mm. Um, however, once it hit home video, it gathered a huge cult following um, and has since become one of the most popular summer vacation movies. Oh. 
Yeah. Um, the, the same year, um, a film called Funny Farm uh, was released with Chevy Chase. That is not good. I've um, seen that. But yeah, there was a there was a slew of these type of films. Uh, John Candy, three years before this, had made Summer Rental. And Summer Rental is just as good as as this as Great Outdoors. So as I say, maybe we'll watch that sometime. It's not the first time that Dan Aykroyd and John Candy have been together. This will be the third time um, after 1941, which is a Spielberg film, and then the Blues Brothers, which they were both in. Mm-hmm. Um, John Candy played the uh, police chief that was uh, one of the many that were following the Blues Brothers. Um, the scene where Chet and Roman are trying to catch the bat, the bat lands on Chet's face and Roman hits it with his broom weapon. The bat falls on the floor and Roman screams out, we got it, we got it. Dan Aykroyd uses the same line in Ghostbusters after catching Slimer in the hotel. Then yeah. in exactly the same way, he comes out with the trap screaming, we got it, we got it. So yeah, I love that bit. I haven't uh, Ghostbusters yet. No, you will do. Yeah. What year is that? Ghostbusters, 84. Oh, I think it's 82. Okay, oh, sweet. Yeah, right. You can do it on the podcast then, maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. A bit older, though. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a forgotten 80s film, sweetheart. I don't think we get away with that. It's a forgotten one, but we might do it as a family special. Ferris wasn't a forgotten one. That's very true, Amy. That is very true. Okay. Neither was... Ferris is forgotten. That's true, was right. Ferris is forgotten. By whom? Well... Ferris doesn't have its own theme tune. If you went, who are you going to call? If you went up to, if you went up to, right, here's the test. If you went up to grandma and went, who are you going to call? She'd go, uh, Ghostbusters. Right? If she went up and went, you killed the car, or any of the other quotes from Ferris, life moves pretty fast. She'd go, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I think Ferris is more forgotten than than. I think Ferris was a more US yes. favoured film, whereas Ghostbusters is everywhere. Oh God, we got the whole lot over here, didn't we? The whole lot. We're in the cereal packets and everything. That's right. Yeah, you had like no, you had like little gifts in your cereal packets. Don't do it anymore. I don't think because it encourages buying of yeah very sugary items and people. Was it the kids had choked on this? Uh, rather bizarre. Something, something like that. The kids had choked on the figures and when they started eating those bowls here, I don't know how, because they're all wrapped in plastic. I know, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes, we don't get that anymore. So the final bits, it was the 25th biggest film at the American box office for 98. That shows you how it didn't do that well. Uh, while talking to Chet, John Candy, Roman says that Chet will probably outlive him. Um, because of his sedentary lifestyle and because he doesn't want to make money and all this lot, and that Roman will probably likely die of a heart attack before him. Um, <laughs> and obviously in real life, it worked out the other way around. Former, yeah. um, uh, right before John Candy's character, Chet orders the old 96ers, wife is seen ordering the Royal Canadian mounted beef barley soup. In Place Razor Automobiles, John Candy's character, when you first introduced to him, is reading an adult-themed book titled The Canadian Mounted. <laughs> and I think that's John Hughes putting a little thing in there. Uh, I, think okay. just, I think he's just written, written that in. Um, and that's it. That's the trivia. That's yeah. the podcast. Nice. I love the fact that you joined, Amy, on this podcast. Um, and I love that, that you like the film so much. Yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, you're coming on again, yeah. yeah. We'll find you another Hopefully. film. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you've already proved your film knowledge. I think like like father, like daughter. So I'm uh, I'm happy with you picking up little snippets here and there. That's good. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, you look absolutely beautiful on the podcast. Hey. Yeah, you do. Hey. Yeah, you do. Um so uh the next podcast involves uh doesn't involve the two of you um the next podcast is a special guest podcast mm. um where dom is coming on in fact i haven't texted in this uh so hopefully i'll text after the don't don't be sad about it you wouldn't do like i don't think you'd like the film no don't do your bottom lip things no <laughs> i'll blank it i'll blank it out 
I'll blank it out of the edit. Uh, oh, you I, I don't think you want to do the next film anyway. Uh, well, it is a good film. Um, so it's not suitable for Amy, though, is it? Uh, no, which is why neither of you are doing it. Um, uh, so, in that respect, Dom is going to um, join us for Real Genius, starring Val Kilmer. Um, two reasons. One, uh, we had agreed to do Police Academy, so that means you've got to do Police Academy, Amanda. Um, I don't know why she got a strange face on, but you can disturb yourself. Um, so, yeah, so we'll be doing... Um, uh, real genius in a couple of weeks time um, and then take it from there but anyway um, I don't know what you two goons apart. are doing we're looking about sorry I don't know if the heat's getting to you but um, yeah. right <laughs> right let's go then anyway adios um, Dom I will text you now if I don't I'm sorry you had to hear about it this way um, in case I forgot but anyway take care uh, including listener what is it listener 31 17. This is 17. I keep saying. Anyway, hi to listener 17. You know, uh, feel free to write back. Feel free to write to us. You know where to find us. Uh, the links are on uh, YouTube. Uh, the links are on our podcast page. Uh, it's uh, uh, best way to do it now is through Facebook. Um, if you want to send us anything, send it through Facebook Messenger. Uh, we're set up to take messages. So, absolutely fine. Cool. I will see you in two weeks for a bit of Val Kilmer. And Spoiler alert, I love Real Genius. So it's going to be a minimum of seven and a half out of ten. Anyway, right. So I'm going to say cheerio. What do you normally say? Oh, um, bye. Oh, dear. <laughs> I think he's used to say something else. But uh, I'll go. I say your thing in my diary. Oh, no, you don't. You you don't say what I say. I say toodle pip. Oh, I, I would say toodle. Oh, right. No. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>